Hey, what's going on, everybody, man? Welcome back. Another episode of Andy Sports Talk. Um, I'm going to co-host Antoine or my, my co-host E. What's up, E? What up, bro? You good? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Ready for another podcast. Y'all, 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 we got some heat today. Look at here, because I, I heard a story uh, yesterday that when I tell y'all it struck a nerve in me so bad, I said, <laughs> oh, no, this is going to be the headliner for the next podcast. So, um... I give a little synopsis of, of what actually happened. So basically, um, there was a guy who was running track last year and uh, he's competing uh, in college on the co- collegiate le- level. And he decides that he wants to identify himself as a woman now oh, this shit. year. There you go. <laughs> and he's running track against the women. And not only is he, of course, he just running track against them, but like of course he is dominating. <laughs> I am talking about. I mean, this this winning like it's nothing. I'm I'm going to get into the article. I'm going to read the article really quick um, on it, and then we're going to, we're going to talk about it. So this is from um, TribLive.com. Uh, the heading is transgender woman who last year competed as a man when wins NCAA track championship. <laughs> kind of shit, man. Okay, here we go. It says right here in the article, it says a transgender woman who competed as a man recently, as recently as last year, won an NCAA women's track national championship on Saturday. Franklin Pierce University senior CC Telfair beat the eight, uh, eight um, woman field in the Division II women's 400 meter hurdles by more than a second with a personal collegiate best time of 57.53. And well, it, more than a second, uh, they had the times up here. Um, the the time the person ran fifty seven fifty three, and mm. the person the person who came in second ran fifty nine twenty one. So I mean that was almost two seconds, you know, that they won by, pretty close to it. Wow. Um. So um. Anyway, it says here <clears throat> Telfer also earned. Earned all American first team honors with a fifth place finish in the 100 meter hurdles early in the day at the Javelin Stadium at Texas AM Kingsville. Wait, wait a minute. First of all, how do you come in fifth place in anything? Okay, anyway. New ha- the New Hampshire school has claimed um, NCAA championships six previous times, but never in an individual sport. The school's previous titles have been in soccer, uh, with the men's team winning in 2000. Winning the 2007 title and the women's program taking it 1994 through 97 and in 1999. It says, according to the release by the school, Telfair took the lead, heading down the back stretch and held, held it the rest of the way, pulling away from the field on the final turn and down the home stretch. It was tough conditions out there with the wind and the heat over the last three days, but as she has over the last six months, CeCe proved herself to be tough enough to handle it, Coach Zach Emerson said of her performance. Today was a microcosm of her entire season. She was not going to let anything slow her down. I've never met anybody as strong as her mentally in my entire life. Mm, well. Yeah, well, okay. It says, uh, and here we go, um, the wrap it up, it says, as recently as January 20, 2018, Telfer had been competing as an athlete for Franklin Pierce men's team as Craig. <laughs> Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, nah. <laughs> well, he was Craig okay, last year. 
Last year was crazy. I mean, January January 2018, he was crazy running. And um, so Telfair finished eighth in a field of nine in the men's 400 meters at the Middlebury Winter Classic in Vermont. The NCAA allows male athletes to compete as women if they suppress their testosterone levels for a full calendar year. Uh, before that, they competed on a mixed teams with men and women in men's division, but not the women's. According to the NCAA's transgender handbook, I didn't even know they had anything like this. According to the medical experts on this assumption, uh, in, on this issue, the assumption that a transgender woman competing on a women's team would have a competitive competitive advantage outside of the, the range of performance and competitive advantage or disadvantage that already exists amongst female athletes is not supported by evidence. That is okay. That's the end of it right there. That is a load of crap. Uh, I'm gonna let you go ahead and, and say what you say first before I go in on this. I need to take a deep breath and just digest all this. What What are your thoughts and feelings on this whole thing? <laughs> oh my god! Um, remember that movie called Juana Man? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is like, this is you want a man for track, basically. Uh, Craig, that came out all last year and got his ass whooped by all the men out there. And he done went and got him a wig. Then went and took some medicine. And now he want to be CC. And so, uh, to me, it's just, this is funny to me. Like, I know you said you were triggered, you were hot. I think this is hilarious. This is, yeah. you know, all these bathrooms and do all this stuff and act crazy. But in the end of the day, it's man and it's woman. And, and I mean, look, if <laughs> this is LA, I... I'm sure they're trying to be inclusive as well, but this is, to me, this is just stupid. Like, I mean, last podcast, we talked a little bit about how men are just better at some things than women are, and how women are better at some things than men are. Um, I do feel like something like this, where it's track and field, uh, something like football, those are things that men will just naturally, most of the time, be superior at. Not saying all the time, but... Um, this is this is funny to me. Like like I think this whole Craig CC, uh, you know, the most mentally strong woman you ever met. Well, that's a man. That's why. But uh, I mean, nah, you got Twan. Yeah, you can finish this one. I'm done with this one. <laughs> I, I I listen. I want to. I start by saying this. If I'm one, listen. If I'm one of the girls that's running against him, I'm telling you right now. We're going to have somebody on our team. I'm taking it. Whatever race we're running, I'm I'm trying to get somebody in that heat in front of them. As soon as the race starts, say they're running on the staggered curve in the 400. As soon as the race starts, say he's in lane four and we got a girl out there in lane eight. We just got a girl just running. As soon as, as, soon as I'm talking about, as soon as the gun goes off, I'm telling them to go run and stand in their lane right now and just wait for them to come. Just stand in the way say, nope. Got to make this fair. I'm going to trip you, do something. Because it is not fair for uh, for him to be running against the girls. It is not fair. Like, I'm thinking, like, if I had a daughter out there running, she'd have worked so hard her whole entire life, and then some guy comes and just beats her bad, blows her out, setting records, being an All-American. Like, he, he is taking a spot that a, that a girl, a young girl, has probably worked her whole life to get, and it's being taken away from her. That is so unfair. It's like, man, some of this liberalism is getting way too far out, out there for for them to like, you know, we're becoming too like, so like, I feel like next time they're going to tell us to start doing this, we should all make sure we stand up and give everybody a hand clap. After we should just stand up and start applauding, you know, everybody should just, you know, get get a trophy no matter what. Um, 
if you don't feel like you should do this, you could do that. You know, if they're if they what if they want to do something like they should have a division strictly for them, you know, to um on on a competitive level. So that way there won't be any any type of um you know any you know I, I think there needs to be an asterisk on that anyway. But there won't be any kind of type of question like if there's like four or five transgender males. That want to race against each other, then fine. Give them their own, their own platform or their own thing where they could do their races. No, but no, you know, for taking no, that. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. It's men and women. We're not doing that. that I mean, where the man walking around with a wig on. Listen, no. I get it, but that's but that's the world we live in. That's that. Listen, I get it, but that's the world that we live in today. And if we don't accept, then of course you're gonna get flamed and and they're gonna get called all kind of names and all other kind of crap. But what I'm saying is, listen, nobody's going to pay attention to it, you know, and they're going to keep trying to drive stuff down your throat. And then eventually nobody's going to pay attention. It's just like the WNBA. And it might hurt people's feelings. I don't care. Nobody watches the WNBA ever. More people watch women's college basketball than they watch the WNBA. And literally, like, they, they can't even give the tickets away to these games at the WNBA. Like, nobody watches them. And if they start their own little, you know, transgender thing where they're all running and stuff like that, nobody's going to watch it, you know, <laughs> unless 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 there was a man that's transgender that's running against other dudes and he's blowing them out. Then they're going to want to watch that. Like, I believe it's a guy, and I don't know if he's come out of the closet yet, but I believe he runs for the, at the University of Houston. And I'm talking about you can just tell that. I mean, I mean, the brother got a little sugar in his. Uh, not to say a little sugar. He got a couple cups of sugar in his tank. They run his own. And uh, but look at him. He's running with the men and he's blowing them out. I'm talking about flying out there. And I know y'all all seen him at, at high school track meets and stuff. Shoot, the, the, I'm telling. I I'd be the first to admit when I was in ninth, tenth grade, it was a dude at our school, and he was gay. Faster than everybody, faster than all the boys. Fast. I mean, he, nobody could run with the dude. And um, you know, as, but he did. I mean, just because he felt like you know he was effeminate a little bit, that don't mean he just go out there and blow out the girls too. Like, no, brother, it's like you are genetically, physically, a whole different thing. You know, like it's just it's not even fair, man. And um, I just I, my my whole. Thing goes to to the fairness though. That's the part that I don't. I, I feel bad about because like if I'm one of those girls, like it has to be demoralizing that you work so hard, and then you basically stand up to the line to get ready to run. You look over and it's a six three guy that with makeup on saying that he's a woman, and he's about to race you. <laughs> like what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Like put that in your mind right now. That is so unfair. You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 just not fair. That guy needs to be like he can run, he can put on his makeup, do whatever he wants to, but he needs to run in a fair field. Uh, to me, like it's, it's just not right for those girls. It's just too many, too many of those girls. There's millions of, of girls out there competing in sports, and it's just not. And, and look, you know what's next? Basketball has to be next. Yeah. Like I, think about it. Basketball, it literally has to be next. Oh, no, 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 like no, I, I'm no, not, no, that's not gonna happen. Juana man is about to happen. No, it's not. It has happen. to. Why not? I it's happening. It, it's happening on no track. I guarantee it will not happen. I guarantee. Yeah, listen, it, it's listen, It will not. It's happening. Happen. It's listen. It shouldn't happen. And I think. I think at some point it's all gonna hit the fan. Like all this accepting everybody's everything. Like first of all, people are too sensitive anyway. Like people complain about hate speech and racism all the time. I'm like, man, stop being so sensitive all the time. Like, you can just get, get that junk off. Our people going to be how they going to be. They're going to think how they think. They're going to do what they do. You just, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do and minding your own business, everything going to be all right. People going to have their opinions. They're going to do whatever. 
But you just got to – I just knew at some point, like me, I'm just sitting back and like, oh, this junk is going to hit the fan one day. Because when you start, you know, letting – open up, stirring that pot, you know, you start to get a slippery slope and all the stuff that you're allowing to happen and not allowing to happen. And and it's just – it's just – it's getting kind of crazy, man. Like, you know, M- the NBA not going to uh, get involved with that that bathroom bill in North Carolina and uh, about, you know, the uh, people that whatever they get identify with, they could go to that bathroom. And the NBA was like, no, you know, we're not going – we're not going to host our all-star game there now because, you know, people, you know, you know, Adam Silver, I, you know, I got my suspicions about him anyway. You know, he'd be marching in them pride parades and all that stuff. But that's his business. You know what I'm saying? That's his business. I like my thing is, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he look kind of, he's like an alien. But, you know, and he, you know, he, you know, he went to school at, you know, you know, like, all that idea. but, but. It's because he looks weird. <laughs> but no, but no, no, I'm saying, you know, he went to school at, but I'm just saying, you know, no, he be marching in the pride parade. He's a very progressive guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's really into all of that stuff. And that's fine. That's his business. But this is what I'm saying. At what point, What? how can they allow this guy to run against these girls? Then just say, for instance, a dude graduates from high school and, you know, he's been struggling all his life. He feels like he's a woman inside, but he's a really good basketball player. Shoot, what if John Amici, wasn't he gay? What if he just said, came out and said, you know what, I, I'm – I think I should play in the WNBA because I feel like a woman. Like who? He Adam got, Silver. He would have got, got his ass whooped there too. That wasn't saying nothing. No, no, no. Nah, nah. He would be six ten. Nobody would be able to stop him. He'd be scoring seventy points a game. Don't care. Look, we're not doing this because we're not. Look, no man again is gonna make <laughs> the WNBA. That's not gonna happen. We're not. No, we're not doing this. No, no. <laughs> Next topic. We're not doing it. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. Moving on, um, so uh, we have some a little news break today uh, with the Houston Rockets and um, uh, Daryl Morey, their GM, basically saying that he's really putting the whole team on the block. Uh, they're not going to extend uh, Mike D'Antoni this year. He like D'Antoni wanted an extension uh, for the Houston Rockets, but they're not going to. They're going to make him go out his last year. And um, I thought it was very interesting because, uh, you know, we were saying earlier, like, CP3 got to go. They got to break this thing up somehow. But the problem is, who's going to take on CP3's contract? If they get rid of his contract, what they're going to have to do, they're going to have to trade Chris Paul and then trade away 10 picks with him. You know, like, they're going to have to give up their next three or four first-round picks to take on that terrible contract. And... um. You know, Capella, his contract isn't that that bad. Remember last year he was trying to get off and, you know, he was trying to hold out and try to get the biggest contract, but nobody would bite. They're like, nah, we don't really think you like that. And the playoffs proved that, you know, especially against Golden State. He got exposed big time. But um, I heard, the most intriguing thing I heard and what um, – well, first let me get your thoughts on what you think they should do. And then I'll tell you one of the things I heard today that was kind of caught my attention. But you go ahead. Yeah, I think I, I think we talked about a little bit already. Where we said uh, that, where we basically said that. Well, I, well, I basically said that. I feel like Chris Paul got to go. I told you I ain't like him already. I told you about the whole Steph thing about the shooting on the court and like, like my people yeah, ain't like none of that. But I looked up an article. Right there, and I want to ask you a few questions, listeners, y'all too. 
this is basically an article saying where should CP3 go or where can he go? Like, who would be an actual suitor and who would, like, you know, like what would actually could happen? So, mm-hmm. the Charlotte Hornet, uh, Chris Paul would be basically going back home in North Carolina. Right. See the Rockets making the trade, Chris Paul for Kimba, and then whatever else would help balance out that contract at all. Hmm. I did not think about that, and that is very interesting. Um, wow. Right. That is a good idea. That, that I mean, it makes sense. Um, it really does make sense. I right. think at this point, I think at this point, everybody would take Kimba Walker over Chris Paul. I would. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't even think that's a question, but, mm, wow. Yeah, that, that is, that is a very good idea. You know, I, I never thought about that, but that is very intriguing. Man. That mm-hmm. is very intriguing. It makes it makes perfect sense. So I, li- I like that movie. You had to put it like a, if you had to put it basically out of ten, what would you give it? I would give that one eight and a half okay. because I think I think still, well, their contracts are pretty much even out. Um, it would have to be a signing trade, of course, on Charlotte's part because they're um, they have his rights and that they can pay him the most money. So of course, it'd have to be a signing trade. Yep. Um, but other than that, man, I just, wow. I, I don't know. That's, that's a really good idea. I, I give it eight and a half, close to a nine. Yeah, I like it too a lot. Like, I think I, w- I would have gave it an eight, like you mentioned pretty much, but yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, the next came up, the Miami Heat, and basically Chris Paul would go there. The, uh, the Rockets would basically take on Gordon Dragic and Hassan Whiteside's contract. Um, Thoughts on if that would be an actual fit in your opinion? Hold on. Repeat that again. The next one was the Miami Heat. And that uh, the Miami Heat would basically have to give up Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside. And uh, they'd basically be able to bring back Chris Paul in return. Uh, what do you think about that one? Hmm. Personally, I don't like it as much. Uh, I mean, because mm-hmm. I, I think – now, this is, well, I don't think it sounds crazy I'll say this, but I think players like Hassan Whiteside – are in today's NBA just not even really to to me they're not valuable. I, I don't see it with him. Like Joel Embiid, I know he's damn the same size, but Joel can actually he can actually shoot a fadeaway. He can occasionally hit a three. Might probably shoot from too much, but I mean he at least has more game to me. I just don't personally like a son white side. I mean uh I told you how I feel about Andre Drummond. I was watching that playoff game. Andre Drummond to me is like a dinosaur in today's game. And I feel like Hassan Whiteside is basically the same thing. But uh, what do you think about that one, though? I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just I don't see that happening. Um, I think the coaching situation has a a little bit to do with it. I mean, like, didn't go on. Um, didn't Rodgers play with uh Dan Tony before? He did. I'm Phoenix. He did. I think he had a little success out there, but yep. I, I they just they have to get rid of CP3, but you just gotta get. I'm just trying to figure out how you can get the best value back total from that, and 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 also with the production. Cause I mean, he's gonna be he gonna. I mean, CP3 is gonna give you some decent production. Yeah. But I mean, of course, he ain't the guy that he used to be. I just, I I don't know. Definitely don't have as much star power. But I I I don't. Oh man, I I, I agree. I, I don't think I would do that one. That Kimball one is definitely right now at the top. Yeah. They uh, only got a few more here. The next one was the Phoenix Suns, and the argument was they've been looking for a point guard for years. Now, 
me, I know the Phoenix didn't exactly get the best draw in that draft. I was no, hoping, man, they got burnt bad. Yeah, yeah. I was really hoping that John Morant would go to play with Devin Booker because I think that him with Devin Booker and uh, DeAndre would be pretty. I think it'd be pretty nice. But again, Phoenix got bit. So the argument here was that the article saying that Phoenix would trade Trevor Ariza back. They send over Kelly Oubre, and then they'd have to either let go of T.J. Warren or possibly Josh Jackson. And I guess for me, I'm thinking about it. James Harden dribbles the ball all the time anyway. So if if Kevin, well, if Trevor Reese did come back, you know, uh, you know, who knows? But um, I wasn't exactly very big on this one either because I just don't see Devin Booker and Chris Paul <laughs> playing together personally. But um, I mean, I might have gave this one like a four out of ten. I didn't really care for it either. What do you think? So I, you, you kind of broke up a little bit on that last part. What'd you say? Oh, my bad. I was going to say, I didn't really care for this. I pretty much gave it like a four out of ten. Yeah, I, yeah. That's not really I about, agree. You know, and, I, and, 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 I, and more more so, I think about, you know, with, what happened with Phoenix. Like, John Morant would have been perfect there. Man, what? Uh, that would have just been perfect, man. Yeah, DeAndre, Devin, Ja. They would have been, you know, on their way. Then they still, they still have uh, uh, Chris. And uh, Chris. no, Marquise Chris, you know, he went to uh, he went to yeah, oh, yes, he's uh, yep, sure did, yep, yeah. So, yeah, there, yeah, I mean, I mean, not that I would stop anything from Ja, I just think Ja and and DeAndre and Devin, that's 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 a nice little trio, you know, going forward, yeah. Um, I just think it's got you know, burnt. Well, let me ask you this though, um, what were your thoughts now? I heard this today on ESPN from Will Kane. He said, what about a straight-up trade, LeBron James for James Harden? Uh, I want you to think about it. Harden going to L.A.? Yes. Uh, I don't see I don't see Harden going to – well, not, not that he couldn't go to L.A., but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think it would be, be pretty cool personally. Like, I would like to see it, but it's funny you mentioned that because the Lakers were literally the Knicks and – uh. The Lakers and the Knicks were the Knicks in the last two options. But uh, from what it sounds like, it sounds like the Lakers are actually the favorite to land Chris Paul from, according to this Baxter Holmes guy who had that report yesterday about, you know, the Magic Johnson, Lakers, everything. But it sounds like the Lakers are actually favorite to land him. So I don't uh, I don't know if I'd say that, you know, Harden would go to L.A., but I could easily see Chris Paul going to L.A., to be honest with you. Yeah, I just don't. If he does go to LA, like, well, first of all, do you think he's willing to take a uh, a pay cut to go to LA to play with Brian? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think at this point in his career, he should be willing to, because mm-hmm. they show this contract. This man's making like forty, forty-one, forty-two million dollars like the next three years. So. I mean, if I'm being honest, yeah, I would damn sure say, hey, you are old. You're getting fat. You're not playing as much. You're not as effective. You know, you want to come play with L.A. with LeBron? Cool, not a problem. But I'm going to take some more less money. We got to build some people around us. Um, do I think he'd do it? Probably not. Um, but, I mean, if he's the if he's the floor general, if he's the guy that, well, the upstanding guy he tries to make out to be, then, yeah, I think he should probably do it. Like, you know, definitely. Yeah, I mean, at this point, only thing he has left, uh, I mean, to to do is is to you know chase a ring. Uh, I don't think he's a championship caliber player. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think he ever was. I think this is as close as it got just from the way that he plays the game. Um, that, but, yeah, I just – I can't see it going any any further. Um, has there been a player his size who's – has there been a player Chris Paul's size to where he was the best player on the team that's ever won a championship before? That won a championship? Um, maybe Isaiah Thomas. Um yeah, I would say Isaiah Thomas. That's the only person I could really think of off the top of my head. That caliber, you know, where he's like the best player on the team. Of course, you had Allen Iverson, but he lost. He just lost. But yeah. just the fact, yeah. But the fact that he, well. yeah. But the fact that, uh, the fact that he, you know, even won the game that series versus the Lakers was that you know he won it and stole game one. That's pretty crazy. That the, the the infamous step over Ty Lue game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only part. those are the only two players that I can really think of when they're like the best players of the team on the team. Now I don't know what if he goes to LA in that deal and they they allow it to fall through and uh, you know and he's playing with you know with Kobe and Powell um, and uh, and all those other guys. Like how 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 do you think do you think he'll get one in? <laughs> Because he won't be the – think about it, he won't be the best player. He'd be the, the second at best, maybe, better than Powell at that point. Yeah. Powell's still in his prime. It's interesting, but I just feel like uh, – I mean, that dude, I really don't know. Like, I feel like Derek – now, I, I don't remember necessarily back then if Chris Paul was a great shooter. But I know Derek Fisher, if I really think about a lot of stuff he did, he was – Kobe needed that guy out there with him. He needed a shooter like of that caliber. I just don't personally know if it'd be Chris Paul is that catch and shoot guy like that. Um, uh, I don't know, Twan. That's a good question. I, I really don't know. I can't really answer that. Okay. All right. Well, moving forward, man, I got a, um, I got a, a question. Uh, this will, this one comes from uh, from Tennessee. I got a guy asking. Um, well, he's actually asking for one of his friends a question. What would it take? Now, we know we got the finals coming up tomorrow, game one. You know, everybody's pretty much excited about it. I know I am. Uh, can't wait to see what's going to happen. Um, the question is, what does Kyle Lowry have to do in order to get that reputation, or especially what we feel about him, get that, that cloud from over his head? Now, granted, he did play very well last series. He had a, a great series last series. And it's crazy that I'm saying that Kyle Lowry had a great series and he might have averaged like 18 points or something like that. But um, he, I mean, for his standout, he he was great. He played tough. He played hard last series. But, you know, you still had that the, the zero-point game against the Magic this year. You know, you still see him on the bench sometimes when he's struggling. He just looks like he's completely out of it. What does he have to do in order for that cloud to come over his head? And can he do it during this series? Finals MVP. <laughs> I'm dead ass. Finals MVP. Um, <laughs> not, I'm not even. I'm not even about to get in this conversation. I don't know why this person asked this question. Um, there's nothing Kyle Lowry can do uh, <laughs> to to uh, to to get this cloud off his head. We, I've seen too much. I know the Kyle Lowry I'm gonna get. And like you just said, we said Kyle Lowry had a good series, and this man averaged 18 points, maybe whatever that was. So. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, no, me, in my opinion, again, there's nothing he can do. Uh, finals MVP, e even if he wins finals MVP, I might be skeptical thinking it's rigged because 
Kawhi, first of all, Kawhi can never get in foul trouble. And if I'm Golden State, I'm trying to yep. get him in foul trouble every game. So once he so goes to the bench, it's over. There's nothing that can happen. It is <laughs> over with. So, all right. And so, and before we move on, and this is this is, and we could dive into it a little bit more on the next podcast because we got to move on. But I just want to put something in y'all mind. Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard missed 22 games this year. His team went to the playoffs, and they, you know, they did well. They made it to the finals. Carry, I mean, he basically carrying his team to the finals. Will he get the same love if he does it again in the East again next year? If he does it, say, two times in a row with that same squad that he has, or, or the same, uh, um, as you know, um, the say the year after that he has, uh, he makes it there and he makes it again. Will he start getting that same love and recognition that LeBron got? doing it because everybody say, well, LeBron was hurt this year. He missed 17 games, blah, blah, blah. Lakers didn't make it. Well, Kawhi missed 22. His team went there. He's right, in the right, NBA right, finals right, right now. Back to me there. I didn't quite uh, get that. Will, will Kawhi get the same love and attention for making the finals? Because, you know, that's one of the, the biggest things that people talk about with LeBron James is that he made it mm-hmm. to eight straight finals, making it to eight straight finals. Does, do you look at making the finals in the East any different now? And if not, does uh, you have the same respect for Kawhi as you would with LeBron leading his team to the finals? I don't know if I'll say that. Um, only because I know it's the East, but uh, like you said, Kawhi's team made it basically without him. They didn't really – well, I mean, 22 games they missed, and they still had the best record in the league, if I'm not wrong, right? Well, no, Giannis and them had – Yeah. No, yeah, Giannis, yeah, they, they had the second that. best record. LeBron's in the East. I don't remember him missing games like that. And uh, I, I get – I mean, yeah, so – Oh, yeah, he didn't get hurt. Yeah. Like, he well, didn't get hurt. LeBron, the eight straight finals he made, yeah, it was the East, but LeBron was also actually playing, like – if LeBron had not been – let's say LeBron had missed 22 games with the Cavs. I mean, uh, I, I don't necessarily know if he would have done that. Well, that, that last year, that last year, no. Yeah. That last year, I don't think so. If he had missed 22 games, that, well, I don't know. Because you remember, they had two different right. teams the year before. Remember? They had the the the, the pseudo super team yeah, with uh, yeah, IT yeah. and disaster. all those yeah. guys and Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade. I mean, then they end up getting rid of all of them and then bringing in a whole different team. So they basically had two rosters last year. And uh, but that second roster, I don't think they would have made made it to the playoffs without LeBron. That's just nah. you know. And then and then you know, I thought personally, I thought Toronto was going to take that next step, but of course they. Let me down again. Just Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan just win the yeah, tank. As they didn't let me down. I knew they asked me. And uh, so we ain't worried about it. Like, they definitely let me down. Kyle Lowry <laughs> and DeMar DeRozan, if they on your team, get ready to go on and be home. Like, you can go about too much longer. Like, and and I was laughing because I heard, I don't know where I heard this at, but I heard somebody the other day say, Kawhi Lowry be walking the locker I'm sure when Kawhi Lowry walks in the locker room, he looks at Kyle Lowry, he says, How the hell did I get here? Like, because. It's just I, I don't know, but um, let's let, look. We were we were going to talk about the Lakers, y'all, but I don't really feel like it anymore. Uh, I mean, Twan doesn't feel like it either. Let's go to my favorite topic of the week, though. Let's go ahead and get to it, Twan. Uh, you know, I got some friends at work who want to light your ass up a little bit. I'm not going to say any names, but uh, look, one of the questions of the week that I feel like is that somebody says, 
what qualifies the guy on the podcast with you to say that D four is in any way well better pass rusher? Doesn't even matter what you want to say that Khalil Mack. Tuan, go ahead and answer that for everybody, please. What qualifies you to say that? Well, I guess the fact that I can read, um, I can look up statistics. I watch the game. Now I'm saying going. Brother, third in league and sacks. And I said power power rankings going into this season. So, and here we go. So, I mean, like, it's not like I was making this stuff up. D Ford had more sacks, and he had twice as many. Oh, you know what? Let's do this. Tell, tell your friend, tell him to go to Pro Football Focus that grays out NFL mm-hmm. pass rushers every single snap and, and tell me who's the number one pass rusher in the NFL. Tell him to go do that. And once he sees that it's D Ford, then he can go pull out uh, he or she, whoever it is. Then we can start pulling out our own personal sports resumes. Mm-hmm. We can line them up. We can pull out our coaching yeah, resumes, line them up. <laughs> I don't know and about then we gonna see. Like, you know, it's a uh... – Multiple times, Georgia Red Ball coaching champion. You know, you're gonna be, you know, what I'm saying, like my, my dog, line, you know, what I'm saying, so yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah, but no, no, it's no, it's, no, it's all good. No, and trust me, listen, trust me, I get it, I understand. Khalil Mack is, uh, I think he's a, one of the best players in the NFL, period. I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying from what I was looking at as far as, and I, I understand what he's saying, trust me, I get it, and um. But I'm talking about just as an overall player, like, and it's kind of like the same thing I feel about Jadavion Clowney. Like, they're good, they're great pass rushers there, but they're more than that. They they play they play well against the run. They drop in the coverage. They're stunting. They're two gapping. They're I mean, I don't want to go all in details and stuff. I'm not talking about these guys straight one gap get to the quarterback. I'm edge rushing just all the time. Like, nah, Khalil Mack can do those things, but he does so much more than that. And that's what I was kind of taking into um my um uh, my ranking. So I get it. So if, if your feelings were hurt, I don't care. Let's go to um, let's go to um, let's go top five. What are we on top five linebackers? So y'all, so you know, back to our power ranks. We're gonna move on to linebackers, and we're gonna do it a little bit different because you know the NFL. You know they have the edge rushes and three four defense. So basically, what we're gonna do, we're just gonna do our uh, our top five four three linebackers uh, that play in four three defenses. Um, so, may or you know, if you do play in three four, there'll be your your middle linebackers in a three four. So we're not doing any three four in, um, outside linebackers. Um, and if we did, trust me, Khalil Mack would be number one. I mean, the same. Woody for you? Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah yes, you. he would be. Trust me, he, yes, he would be. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he would be. So, um, let's go to our let's go to our rankings. Um, I guess you want to go first. Yeah, your number not? five. Um, it's a homer pick, so I don't really care what nobody has to say. Uh, oh Lord, don't tell yeah, me that. Oh, that's my boy. Whenever he makes a big play, he likes that. Late is Esh, my uh, my my second year, my, my favorite white boy on the earth. I got to tell you, like I love my late Esh. Uh, I was I was down for y'all last year when we drafted him. I was hot. Okay, I was I was irate. I wanted I wanted Calvin Ridley. You know, I wanted I wanted somebody to make splash plays. I didn't know anything about this boy from Boise State, and and I'm one of the people that honestly, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm one of the people that believe that football. Is only truly real in the South, and we probably, we gonna we gonna get into that podcast one day. But uh, look, uh, Leighton yeah. Vanderesh came on the scene last year. I didn't even realize that 
how many he had like 150 tackles last year that uh he was actually like number one of the top five players in the league in tackles which it's very odd because he didn't even play every snap. Like, Sean Lee, for some reason, Dallas still had out there. Jalen Smith, I want to put him on here, too. He was out there. But, uh, yeah, Leighton Vander Esch. And uh, I'll let Twan go with number five now. Yeah, hey, look, man. Leighton was, like, close on my list. I had him at, like – I had, like, a group of guys running six. And I'll go ahead and say him on um, uh, Leighton was my little guy on the fringe. Uh Jalen, yes, uh, his, his running mate. I think they're going to be a great combination for the – they're going to be a great, you know, duo oh, for yes. a long time, I believe. And just the fact that they – the fact that they even got Jalen and took a risk on him. Because um, when oh, Jalen – listen, when Jalen Smith was in college, I he mean, that dude, man, he was just – I'm just – I'm glad – oh, yeah, easy, easy, easy. Him and another guy who – just another guy that I had on the friends with, Miles Jack, him too. The fact that he – both of them fell to the second round, I was like, this like, do y'all know how good of football players these two guys are? They are incredible. So those are my three little, you know, French guys that I that just uh, missed my list. Um, but like I said, there I, I think Layton is gonna be uh, great. And uh, oh, and I had to remove a guy. Telvin Smith would have been in there, but he's not playing this year. You know, go knows. I don't know what he's going through right now. He said he's gonna sit out the whole season. But um. You know, my Florida State guy, he definitely been in my top five. But since he's not playing this year, I'm not putting him in there. And uh, so whatever he's going through, I hope he get back right and uh, he can get on the field because, of course, he's an exciting player. Um, so my number five, I'm going C.J. Mosley. Um, my number five, uh, playing for the Jets now. He got his big contract, finally got his big payday. He's not that great. I mean, from from his athletic ability, you would think he could play the pass and cover. Yeah, so well, right. Actually, not that great that. Pass yeah. coverage guy. <laughs> Yeah, you would think like he can like cover, like he can catch. He got hands and stuff. Like when the ball comes to him, he can catch it and stuff. But as far as him just being a straight up coverage guy, like nah, man. Like no, he's either blitzing and uh, he's spying. Um, you know, of course he's he's great in his run fits. Great leader. You know, I was, uh, you know I watch Baltimore play every game. Well, the second half of the season, I watch every game. I try to watch as much as possible as much as possible uh, with them. But I just I like the way that. Um, you know, he was a leader. You know, they had the number one defense. And, uh, of course, when he's on the field and healthy, um, you know, he can go and, and tackle with the best of them. So, I got to see that. We'll go to number four now. All right. My number four is um, another guy was battling injuries uh, last year. But um, I think he's going to be the most important piece to this team. And that is Deion Jones, uh, linebacker for the Falcons. Uh, I know the Falcons dealt with a lot of injuries, but I thought this injury here was the biggest one. Um, not having Deion Jones in the middle of the field, um, his speed, playmaking ability, man, I just – he's just a fantastic player. And uh, it was a great draft pick for him. And, um, yeah, I got Deion Jones number four. I literally had the same thing. Um, I, I mean, the fact he got hurt last year, you know, it sucked because their whole team got hurt, but – um, I literally put Deion Jones there as well. I felt like he, uh, when he's right, the Falcons are right. Only reason I'm kind of skeptical about Deion is because uh, I seen when he goes against players who are bigger than him, like bigger running backs, bigger than tight ends, and he gets bullied a little bit. Like I remember when uh, I remember when he played against Zeke a few years ago, and Zeke literally tore through this man's chest hole, and I was just like, oh my god! Like I just never, I, I just noticed that when he goes against bigger running backs, sometimes he does not do well. Um, I can't remember if he played against the Ravens. 
that one. I can't remember. I don't know if he was playing or not. It was somebody who was running up against though, and that boy would just truck that man like it was nothing. So, uh, like I said, I feel like he probably you know gets bigger guys. He's probably not as good, but Dion is also my number four. My uh, my number three. I wasn't quite sure, but he had such a good year. I couldn't not put him on the list. Uh, I put Darius Leonard from the Colts. Uh, I and yeah, I didn't know yep. much about this guy good at pick. all. To be honest with you, like whenever I heard it of him, um, but for mm-hmm. this dude to lead the league and you know uh, tackles from the linebacker spot and do what he did, like this boy plays. He had like three or four interceptions. He he was literally all over the field. Just a wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, again, he came out of nowhere for me because I've never heard this guy before in my life, but. That's my number three there. Yep, out of Sandy. Uh, start with it. Start no at idea. NC State. <laughs> he came from. Last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. He was. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's a he's a dog, man. And uh, he was another one of my friends, guys too. Like, like I think he's gonna be a part of that group that's gonna be yeah. the next up and coming guy. And uh, it's funny because my next three are probably like the best three interior dudes that you're going to find. So my number three uh, is Levante David, probably one of the most underrated, unknown about linebackers in the NFL. Dude, straight up playmaker, Florida boy. I don't know how the heck he ended up going to Nebraska. But, I mean, we're going to talk about that one day, how all these athletes in Florida just don't go to Miami, don't go to Florida State, don't go to Florida. They end up in Michigan. Devin Bush, his daddy went to Florida State. He ended up in Michigan. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, how does this stuff keep happening? And uh, but Levante David um, went to Nebraska, um, plays for the Bucks now, Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, year in, year out, he's one of the most productive linebackers. Uh, great speed, great cover. I mean, he really has no weakness. Like, he's almost like uh, – he reminds me of Derrick Brooks a lot. You know, I grew up watching the Bucks every week. And uh, he reminds me a lot of Derrick Brooks. Not as big, maybe not as fast, straight line, but he's still definitely quick and agile, can cover. I'm going to take it to it all. Uh, tough, weak side linebacker. And, uh, yeah, yeah so I got right him number that three. For sure. I, I, uh, the crazy thing is I see Levante David doing what he does, but because he plays for the Bucks and because they don't often get, you know, national TV, you're right. He's very uh, – He's very overlooked. I feel like if he was on a good team or like a team that's in the playoffs, we would probably be like, you know, completely talking about him differently. But um, I left him off my list. He was one of my fringe guys, but uh, Tuan is 100% right, y'all. I mean, you play him in Madden and you don't know his name because he's going to be making every tackle. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and also, <laughs> also me, uh, Tuan already touched on it, but Telvin Smith, I I really wish I knew what was going on why he was not why he's not playing this year because – he is a nightmare in madness. Me too. Uh, we're running right now. Miles Jack. I uh, <laughs> want to put him on the list, but um, I don't like. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to put Miles on the list too. He's another freak athlete that you're just like, what in the hell? How you fall this far? But um, I'm gonna let you go into your one and two because I feel like we probably had the same thing. So you can go ahead. All right. So at number two, I got Lou Keekley yeah. at number two. Um, uh, he, I mean, seriously, I'm glad he's gotten over those injuries and stuff that he was having, um, you know, the past couple of years dealing with, with concussions and, and stuff like hamstring issues. Uh, he's just such a smart player, love his game. And, um, I mean, he is what he is. Yeah, I mean, y'all know about Luke Keekley. And number one, yeah. of course, is Bobby Wagner, the best linebacker. And I got only, I don't even think it's close. 
I think he's just he's like uh, so clearly ahead of everybody else when it comes to playing linebacker, um, uh, especially Mike linebacker in that system. Like he he I mean he he really makes you know Seattle go um, guy out of Utah State. So yeah, Bobby Wagner is definitely my number one, and um, yeah, I, I was I was hoping it's, it's crazy sound like I was hoping he would leave Seattle so he could go play with somebody else because I don't think Seattle's really gonna do too much in the next coming future after this game. Russell that contract. So, yeah, that was literally my same see. one and two. Um, I had Luke at my number two only because he cares me when it comes to the concussions. And uh, uh, one thing that I know with Luke Keeley, I love watching him play because he reminds me of, like, they used to always – I heard Cam Newton one time refer to him as, like, Clark Kent and Superman because, like, during the day and, like, when it comes to charity, Luke is the nicest guy ever. When he gets on that field, that boy loses it all. It's <laughs> like – uh, I mean, yeah. I love how Luke. I love every time Luke makes a tackle, he walks back to the huddle like the angriest person on earth, and he is hyping up. He goes crazy. It's hilarious yeah. to me. But um, yeah, like I said, it's just uh, Luke Capley is a monster. Uh, Bobby Wagner, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even think of like when it came to number one linebacker in the NFL. I literally thought Bobby Wagner and then who? Because Bobby is, he's everywhere. He does everything. He's the leader. He's a the only only guy left, in my opinion, from that nasty defense Seattle truly had years of, like you know for all these years I would say for the most part. Uh, um, I don't remember Bobby Wagner was he highly drafted? Like, do you remember? Because I definitely don't. Oh, twenty there. Well, we got a little technical difficulty. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, Twan's not there, but look, I'm going to take the podcast over again. You know, again, uh, Bobby Wagner, uh, Point Lloyd Perry, he's the best linebacker in the NFL. Uh, we basically want to thank y'all for, again, listening, because I'm going to go ahead and sign this thing off. It's about an hour approaching, and, you know, I got I'm getting hungry. You know what it is. But uh, I can thank y'all for listening. Uh, Twan's going to thank you as well. And uh, in the future going forward, uh, please keep listening. Please keep subscribing. We're going to keep putting these things out. But uh, thank you again, and everybody, peace.